You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast. In this Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, we spotlight competitors and participants in the 2021 Royal Overseas League Gold Medal, one of whom wowed audiences at the keyboard final earlier this year with this frenetic dance. I'm Ryan Corbett, I'm a classical accordionist. I played an original piece for accordion by the Russian composer Vyacheslav Semyonov called The Don Rhapsody. He grew up um, on Rostov on Don, where the, the Don River flows through, and there's a great kind of folk tradition there of the Cossacks, and that piece includes traditional Russian folk songs from that era. You'll also hear from the competition's artistic director, Jeff Parkin, about why the competition continues to play an important role in the classical music world. The competition's alumni makes for a fascinating list, a mix of critically acclaimed soloists, orchestra principals, and even, in some cases, former thoroughly good podcastees. Of those who didn't make it to the podcast, Jacqueline Dupre, 1961, saxophonist John Hull, LSO principal bassoon Rachel Goff from 1990, former BBC Symphony Orchestra leader and now co-concert master of the Sydney Symphony Orchestra Andrew Havron from 1993 and BBC Scottish Symphony Orchestra leader Laura Samuel. And over the past 20 years, pianist Tom Poster, violinist Tamsin Welly-Cohen, guitarist Sean Shebe, trombonist Peter Moore, saxophonists Hugh Wiggin and Amy Dixon. But the real surprise for me, looking through the Rosal archives, was discovering pianists Tessa Ewis, who featured in 1972, and Ben Schumann from 2009, both of whom perform in a key album release from my 2021, that on the Somme label, and that recording is a cracking piano duet arrangement of Beethoven's Eroica. The Rosal Music Competition maintains a unique position in the classical music world, offering meaningful and valuable experiences for the next generation of musical talent. Participants who, regardless of whether they win the cash prizes or not, are people you're sure to hear more of in the years to come. Think then of the Royal Overseas League Music Competition as a bit of an advanced preview. about what the Royal Overseas League is. It sounds very grand. Well, it's sort of grand, but maybe not as grand as as you might think on first impression. We are um, nearly 110 years old, and that's wrong. We're over 110 years old, I've just remembered. We were founded in 1910. We're a private membership organisation, and we have members all over the world. More than half our members live overseas, hence the sort of overseas bit of us and we live in these two old houses just ne- just next to Green Park um, and then we have a 1930s wing um, that we, we built in, and opened in 1937 which at the time was called the Empire Centre but we don't have any references to the Empire anymore uh, no, in any of our governments. Yes, yeah. Congress now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 
Um, but we are still connected into the Commonwealth quite a lot, and, and many of our members are in, in Commonwealth countries, particularly um, Australia, New Zealand, and many African countries as well. Um, but not exclusively, and actually our growing markets for membership are America, France, Switzerland, uh, non-Commonwealth countries. And um, for the last 70 years of our existence, we've had um, an arts programme which... Um, is all about supporting young musicians and artists at the start of their professional careers, which is obviously a very hard career to get into, and so we exist to help them on their way. And one of the principal ways we do that is through our annual music competition, which began in 1952. I think they're a very good platform because it's a good way of telling people that you're out there and also I think it's good for your own development because it helps you focus and there's a goal and sometimes you need that because especially after, um, during lockdown I was just practicing on my own which was good but I kind of felt like I needed some good motivation I think Russell helped with that. My name is Matthias Balzet. I am a New Zealand cellist, currently living in Düsseldorf, where I'm completing my master's degree. I think it's extraordinarily important in that it, um, you know, it, it makes competitors practice like crazy and you know, um, give them a, a really good reason to, to, to put the effort in, to, to go the extra mile and, you know, and prepare something as, as detailed and, and crafted as they possibly can. And so, you know, in turn, hopefully you, you get the best results of your own play. Of course, the rewards are a, a nice um, incentive to take part. It's not really even to do with recognition, really. It's just um, another, mainly another opportunity to share what you want to say through the, the pieces of music that you love to play. My name is David Zuki. I'm a Canadian saxophone player living in London now for the last seven or so years. I've never really considered myself a competition guy. It's not really something I've really ever done well in for the first, you know, in the first instance. <laughs> I've certainly entered them uh, in the past and I've entered the Overseas League competition uh, a few times in the past. I mean, it's an incredible organization and to be recognized by that caliber of musician um, and, and that kind of organization is really, really, really an incredible honor. Um, and I'm just, I'm totally flattered and um, completely, you know, blown away and, and, and uh, really, really just honored that, that they, uh, yeah, that they liked, that they liked our playing. And, <laughs> and I think for me, it's, it's, it's really, you know, there's, there's long periods of time where you just don't get a lot of recognition from anybody and you're kind of just doing it um, because you love it. And, you know, I mean, the reality is uh, I would just keep probably doing the same thing I was doing anyway. And it's really, but it's a wonderful recognition. And I hope it sort of opens some doors for me and gives me opportunities to perform more music for other people and sort of get some projects off the ground um, and uh, yeah and it just really uh, yeah it gives me the opportunity to do many many other things. Thank you. 
are the Atreus Food Quartet. Uh, we were formed at the Rolopadre Music in September 2017. Why is a competition like Royal Overseas League important for a group like you? I think all of the all the obvious reasons. It's um, it's good publicity, a competition. It's it's an opportunity for adjudicators to see us, for um, people that were who haven't heard of us to hear about us. Um, and it's just also, and we, we're planning on doing more competitions in the future, and it's a stepping um, stone towards those. So it's exposure. Yeah. We're also at a point um, in our careers where we are doing a lot of courses, a lot of chamber music um, masterclasses uh, in London and in Europe and in America. And it's a kind of an amazing to have such a incredible resources to, to be able to actualize those things that we wanted to do, particularly since COVID sort of stripped bare our, our diary of um, being able to work with people. So it's, it's from a financial perspective, it is, it's a huge, huge asset. I think that musicians at all stages of their careers need for their own development and their own mental health things to work towards. Um, sort of points during the year that you know that you have um, you know, targets that you're practicing your repertoire for and that you know you will be able to perform in front of whether it's a panel um, or an audience. I think that musicians like receiving feedback um, on how they're doing and I think that at the start of your careers competitions whatever you, you think of them whether you think they're a positive or a negative thing they do provide a lot of those um, aspects that are so important in moving forward. They, you know, I try and book um, well-known musicians for the panels and for the later rounds, um, industry figures as well, the kind of promoters and orchestral managers and agents that, um, and record labels that will be sort of really important for these young musicians. So they're not only playing to other musicians, but to... Um, those in the industry that could could help them in other ways and so I think it's it's more than anything just a way of getting yourself out there and, and giving you some focus. I think it would have been two years ago because of COVID, but I, I did the previous competition as well. I loved that competition and I really, really enjoyed the experience. I liked the ethos. I thought uh, I really respected everything that the panel seemed to value. Things like um, dramatic interpretation, um, communication. Um, some competitions, I think sometimes the what the panel seems to choose well sometimes the same sort of singers win every year 
it becomes, you know, in the singer world, that competition is known for searching for a typical type of voice or a type of singer. And actually the Roswell, I didn't think that was the case. as well. everyone, all the singers in the final of this year and the, the last final, everyone had something totally different to bring. I thought they all, but the panel all seemed to value communication, honesty, in performance um, and it just makes the whole thing really fun because competitions sometimes are really not fun <laughs> um, and that, you know it's and and that's a lovely experience to be a part of uh, and I think things like musicality and um, personality as well shone through in, in all of the performers everyone was so different and that was great it was lovely to be a part of it Gold medal is the ultimate final, is it not? It is. But not everybody is participating. There are six acts, but one is the interval act. That's what I understand. <laughs> it's <laughs> not been told. It's not your revision. <laughs> like we're not going to have river dance no, in the okay. interval or anything. It's a, I mean, it's a small venue. It's, yes, you couldn't fit it on no. our stage. Um, so the four soloists are the performers who are competing for the gold medal. So we have Ryan Corbett, who's an accordionist, Millie Forrest, who's a soprano, Marie Sato, who's a flautist, and who is the other? Ah, Matthias Balzet, who is a New Zealand cellist. And so they won £5,000 each in their solo rounds, and they will be the four performers in the first half of our evening. Um, They perform for a sort of 15, 16 minutes each, completely free choice programme. Um... And they are competing to win a further £10,000 cash prize. And then we also have a £5,000, we call it professional development scholarship. They can essentially work with me to spend it on whatever they want that could help their career. So... Um, so there's any it could go towards anything really. Um, so the whole prize is worth twenty thousand pounds. It's not an insignificant amount of money. It is quite a lot of money. Yes. yes. For many of them, certainly in the, the research I've done, for many of them, they are still referring in their biographies, for example, as I think Laura Samuel does, lead with BBC Scottish, refers to uh, being a winner of the Royal Overseas League as very high up in her biography. So <clears throat> that's very important for them. I, well, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that, and I didn't know that Laura still had that in her biography, and that's really nice to know. Um, and There's an element of credibility about the competition. I think that's what that shows. I very much hope there is, yeah. And, I mean, we're, we're constantly working to, um, you know, keep our name out there and, and make sure that everyone knows about us, because, you know, we're sitting here in the middle of the, of the Royal Overseas League, which is at the end of a cul-de-sac, and actually, we're, we're, even though we're in the middle of London, we're quite heading away. And... <laughs> um, you know, that's what makes it charming. That is part of I its charm. Yes. I realise that doesn't necessarily yeah. help. You. That doesn't help me right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's nice that the, the the name you know of the competition is built up, and and it has built up to a point where actually, when we sort of open the next competition, we could 
sit and do absolutely nothing and we would get the entrance for the next competition quite well through word of mouth and through you know professors and and former winners sort of passing word but that's not enough you have to keep working at this and you, you have to make sure that um, everyone knows about it and also you have to really work at persuading a lot of these young musicians that they are good enough and that they should have the comp- confidence to apply because I think a lot of a lot of young musicians sort of tell themselves oh I'd never win that and you know so part of what I try and do is, is try and get out there on the road and, and speak to people and go into the conservatoires and say look you actually have it a go because you never know so yeah it is significant and then what happens is we then reach the interval in the evening and then the jury goes off and uh, we have a 20 minute um, interval and then after the interval the two chamber ensembles who won their respective sections um, and they've won £10,000 each for each ensemble they come back and do a short performance and it's partly because we want them to be part of the evening and it's partly because if the jury <laughs> is struggling to reach a verdict then they, we have a bit, a bit longer to... Um, it's to buy you some time, yes, is that what you're saying? Yes, to buy you some time. Um, what makes you proud of the competition? What makes me most proud of this competition is the friendliness and the family aspect of it and that I think it's a constant surprise to people that they come to this seemingly quite scary posh building in the middle of London. We're not like that at all. And it's the sort of support network that they they build up and not everyone sort of sticks with us. You know, some people win their prize and never to be heard of again. But those who sort of get us and click with us find um, a sort of a home, an artistic home for, for, for life. And it's that bit of it that um, my predecessors built up that I'm really determined to, to, to keep going with. And that's what makes me most proud. As, a, as an audience member, I find myself responding to the warmth of the competition, which is sort of an intangible thing. You can't see it, you can't necessarily touch it, but there is a human aspect to it, which is quite charming. Yeah, and that's that's really heartening to know. I think the the little hall we have here is just um, it's just big enough to feel like a proper recital hall, and it's just small enough to feel intimate and friendly, and like everyone in that room is part of of those evenings. And so those section finals, I think, are just a really sort of um, lovely evenings and because we're a, a clubhouse as well it's really easy for us to provide a glass of wine at the end yes, for everyone. They very, <laughs> they're very swift and on, on passing the wine round I noticed because of the size of the venue yeah abs- yes, well absolutely yes it's always a bonus really. yeah yeah but I think that sort of social aspect which is part of what Royal Overseas League is about is so important that everyone has a chat at the end and um and the 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 juries always stay around and have a chat with everyone who performed and make sure they get some you know useful feedback and um and so it's 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 all that that i think makes it makes us just a little bit different you've been listening to the thoroughly good classical music podcast presented by john jacob follow thoroughly good on twitter at thoroughly good thoroughly underscore good on instagram and thoroughly good me on facebook 